Today we are starting off with the hit new single from Suicide Puppets. Their album drops in just so close, a little less than a month. We're talking about tales and living and dying on Slaughter Ridge Road. This tale is called I Hate You Right Back. It premieres today, right on Minefields, because, well... We're special as motherfuckers, and motherfuckers treat motherfuckers like bad motherfuckers. I got one foot in the grave. Hate is my friend, and it's better that way. Listening closely to the voices I say. They think you're all fucked, and today's the day. yesterday found dismembered human body parts human body parts stuffed in a suitcase in a popular neighborhood they quickly called in a medical examiner to confirm that those remains were indeed human murder case out of Pennsylvania and telling investigators where to find the body are facing murder charges. Instead, he shot and killed that man and then buried the body on his family's property.
Minefielders and Puppet Army. We've got the newest, greatest addition to the show. Why? It's the Psycho of the Week. The Veritas Suicide. Welcome, minefielders and puppet army, to Veritas Suicide Psycho of the Week. I'm Veritas Suicide, and today I'm going to talk about Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. He was the inspiration for our track, Murder in Green, off of our upcoming album, Tales of Living and Dying on Slaughter Ridge Road, which releases on October 30th through Unable Records. Gary Ridgway was born February 18th, 1949. He was initially convicted of 48 separate murders, but as part of a plea bargain, Another conviction was added, bringing the total to 49, making him the second most prolific serial killer in the United States history, according to confirmed murders. He killed many teenage girls and women in the state of Washington during the 80s and 90s. Most of Ridgway's victims were alleged to be sex workers, women of the night, and other women in vulnerable circumstances, including underage runaways. The press gave him his nickname after the first five victims were found in the Green River, before his identity was known. He strangled his victims, usually by hand, but sometimes he used ligatures. After strangling them, he would dump their bodies in forested and overgrown areas, often returning the bodies to have sex with them. In Gary's early life, uh, he's the second of three sons to Mary and Thomas Ridgway. His home life was somewhat awkward. Relatives had described his mother as domineering and have said that while young, witnessed more than one violent argument between his parents. His father was a bus driver who would often complain about the presence of sex workers. Ridgway had a bedwetting problem until he was 13, and every time he would have an incident, his mother would wash his genitals. He later told a defense psychologist that as an adolescent, he had conflicting feelings of anger and sexual attraction toward his mother and fantasized about killing her. Ridgway is dyslexic. Uh, and when he was 16, he stabbed a six-year-old boy who survived the attack. Ridgway had led the boy into the woods and then stabbed him through the ribs into his liver. On November 30th, 2001, uh, as Ridgway was leaving his work, he was arrested for the murders of four women whose cases were linked to him through DNA evidence. And as part of a plea bargain, where he agreed to disclose the locations of still-missing women, he was spared the death penalty and received a sentence of life imprisonment without parole. And this is why I chose Gary Ridgway for our first Psycho of the Week for the month of October. I'm Veritas Suicide, and this has been Psycho of the Week. Guys, welcome to Minefields, Indie Wrestling Report, number 41. I've got the year of the plague on the line right here, Mr. Big Filter. Filter, whatever the hell you want to call him. It says filter on his singlet, but what is up, brother? What's up, man? The year of the plague. That's crazy. Every time you say it, it gets crazier. 
Well, I appreciate you being on the show, man. I, you were actually one of the first uh, guys to actually talk to me, and you don't—you probably don't remember. I don't when. Like, tell me what if you tell me when. I bet you I do remember. All right. When was, was it? Was I think I had like five interviews under my belt for uh, Colorado wrestling in general. And I was outside nervously smoking a cigarette outside a mile high, and your big ass comes out and says, what's up? And I'm like, hey. And we started talking, and I told you what I do, and and uh, it was cool talking to you because you were the first RMP guy I talked to. Straight up. And That's I was what's just, up, man. I was just happy to talk to someone whose intro music was My Own Summer, which is one of my favorite songs in the world. Yeah, yeah. That's good times, man. Like, it depending on when you ask me, depending on what day. Like it's it's usually Sublime, but the Deftones are usually their number one or two between them and Sublime. You know what I'm saying? I, I got so much love for the Deftones; it's it's ridiculous. How old are you? Uh, I, just, I had to think about it. Who has to think about their own age? That's bullshit. I'm 24, man. Yeah, I, I'm uh, 38. I remember uh, getting the White Pony the day it came out. We went to every damn record store on the on the island looking for the special edition red version. We had to order that shit. And- Son of a bitch. So, what's your favorite Deftones album right off the top? I'll show you. Because, you know, yeah. You're going to trip about this. Most people don't know this exists. Oh, you told me about this. We've talked about this a couple of times, actually. I've never seen the fucking thing in person before. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Whoa. Where did you get that? Where did you even get that? Okay. Straight so up. This was a okay when the white pony came out. There's a bunch of different versions of it. There's the the silver version without back to school. There's the red and black ones that are special edition that had uh, didn't have back to school on it, but it had a song called the Boys Republic as a secret track. There was there was extra lyrics on the in the inside. There was the Japanese version that came with a sticker, but it was a silver cover. There was the cassette tape, and there was a bunch of little maxi singles that were in CDs. But that was – guys, by the way, I just showed them my special edition red uh, red vinyl white pony. That was only – I think what I read, there's only like 2,000 in existence, and they were only sent to record rec- – uh, like um, – like local radio stations to uh, just to promote the show because radio stations get random swag all the time, and uh, right. I bought it for like ninety bucks on eBay back in like two thousand and three something like that, and I got it. I got how, it. How much do you think you can sell that thing for? For Probably. sure. How much do you think you can fucking get rid of that thing for right now? Well, it's signed by the entire band, including oh. including Chief. I, including the late Chi Chang, yeah. Including Chi, who always fuck you remind me of. Um, I wish. Well, you, I mean, like you, 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 you smoke enough to get the 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 Chi Chang eyes going, there, brother. So. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. Yeah. What they say? Is that what they say? That's just a part of life, you know. It always has been it's one a, of those things, you know. It's one of my favorite lines from, from Up in Smoke. Come on, let's get high. Let's get Chinese eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's signed by the whole band, and uh, I'll probably be buried with it. I could probably get eight hundred bucks for it. Well, easy, easy. I bet you can get like over a grand for that thing. Oh, Somebody would pay for that shit. Some collector would pay for that fucking thing. But uh, damn, man, like uh, that shit blows my mind. So, like I sit here and I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan of the Deftones, and like I don't have like I knew, you know, like I see some shit like that, and I'm like, damn, I don't know shit, you know what I mean? Because I I didn't even know. All the because I knew the silver the silver album with Back to School, but I didn't even know they had like all those different versions that you're talking about. I don't know nothing about most of that shit, you know. And there then there was the white version that had Back to School, but it didn't have Boys Republic on it. But how did you get into the Deftones? 
Man, the first Deftones album I actually heard was probably a. I got into them like I'm I'm 24, so it's not like I was listening to them back in 1996, you know, 97 when I, when they were really like the, that the era that I like a lot. Because of course, when I was a little kid, like uh, I listened to what everybody else was listening to, so I heard "Change in the House of Flies" and I heard a uh, I heard the, the the heads and stuff like that. Because of course, everybody everybody hears those songs. But I think the first album I actually ever heard by them was the self the self titled record. Yeah, and like with the needles and pens and good morning beautiful and all that shit. Battle and I got it. Yeah, there's this there's a store down here in uh, in Greeley called Hastings, or it was down here. It's not down here no more. I miss it. But uh, oh, I, I fucking miss Hastings so goddamn much, best, bro. Every day of my life, I think about world. Hastings. <laughs> best you could get the best porno mags there from Europe. You can get a cheap CD, a DVD, some comic books. Cheap coffee. Dude, you walk all that. You're walking all for like 17 bucks. You're walking away with all that shit too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like I, I got this one. I remember one time I came across this DVD there, and I could I didn't have enough money to buy it, but it had like UFC fights. And it was from like 1990. Like it was, it was like stuff from like 1994, but it had like a, a Rey Mysterio interview from like AAA, and it had like uh, some FMW matches from Japan. And I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm like. 12 years old and I'm like what the fuck is this you know that, like it was like everything I was into but and I wish I could have got it but either way the first Deftones album I heard was uh, the self-titled record and uh I don't know I, I, I got I got a lot of love for that record uh, a, a lot of people are like oh that's their worst record blah 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 but I don't know I got a lot I don't really think they have a bad record you know what I mean I don't but really have a bad since record either. I got it for that one and then I went back and I listened to Adrenaline I listened to I listened around the fur and I I, started, I just became a huge fan from there. I, I like, I like, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of metal and hip hop, but uh, I like new metal a lot. I don't, I don't really consider the Deftones to be new metal, but not anymore. Uh, I don't, not yeah, anymore. for sure, for sure. Like, I don't know. I don't even consider like new metal to be a thing, but I know a lot of the stuff that I like would be considered new metal with like El Nino and uh, I like uh, Chevelle and I like you know Rage, who was like the, the precursor to new metal and stuff. You know, Rage Against the Machine. All that, about, all that new metal stuff, Taproot, I love that shit, you know what I mean? People consider that to be new metal, so. No, dude, that shit was our jam, man. I was in high school when that shit came out. Like, uh, I remember, like, right. it was all my buddies that skateboarded. Uh, I was the one that recorded because I was the goth kid that was old enough to buy cigarettes. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 we all had our books of CDs on us all the time. But it was, yeah, Il Nino, Soulfly, uh, Limp Bizkit, Deftones, Cold Chamber, uh, Rage is, I wouldn't say Rage is new metal, but they, they definitely have the, the, the quintessentials, the drop D down. They were the granddaddies. If it wasn't for Rage, there wouldn't be like a fucking new metal, you know? Did you know that, did you know that, um, I was reading, uh, I was, I was reading a while back that when Maynard James Keenan from Tool first decided to move to California, her, his friend said, Hey, I've got a friend you can stay with. Let me give him a call. And he gets this voice message from Tom Morello. What? Yeah, that was his. I, know, I never heard about this. That was uh, that was his first roommate was Tom Morello, and they were just working on Raging Against the Machine, but it wasn't called that yet. And it was actually between him and Zach De La Rocha uh, to be the lead singer of Rage, and they picked Zach. <laughs> Could you even imagine? Yeah. Maynard with with Rage. Yeah. What kind of sound would that be? Well, like that would be crazy. Like 
that's what that would be nuts. You know what I mean? I never heard that before. Be that's like that's some cool ass shit actually. Uh, on the uh, on the first uh, Tool actual EP actually uh, Opiate, uh, they recorded a bunch of songs live, and uh, they recorded yeah. at the Jello Loft, which was uh, the loft that the guys that ran Je- uh, Green Jello, like you know, Three Little Pigs, old school stuff. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, um, they're they're when they're when they're singing, you hear Maynard go, "Hey, someone throw that Zach Dale- someone throw that Bob Marley wannabe motherfucker out of here." And he was, yeah, oh shit, I fucking heard that shit. Yeah. He's po- he's pointing at Zach De La Rocha. I had no idea that he was pointing at Zach De La Rocha because I heard that shit, like, oh dude, like this is this is crazy to me. This is crazy to me. That blew my mind because this is all coming full circle. I had no idea that he was talking about Zach De La Rocha and that shit. Dude, I'm gonna do that to you. Cause I'm the DJ at fucking CSW, man. I'm gonna do that to you. If you lose, if you lose at Slam Bash, I'm just gonna over the mic. Someone throw that Bob Marley wannabe motherfucker out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that shit so many times throughout my goddamn life too, and I had no idea he was talking about Zach De La Rocha. Yeah, wow, that's fucking cool as hell, man. Well, I'm happy. Like, that- are you are, are you only into are you only into metal and shit? Talk about Green Jello and like all this, you know what I mean? All this good shit, like Opiate. You know what I mean? How many Tool fans are? How many Tool fans listen to Opiate? How many people who bought the new Tool record last year have heard of Opiate? You know what I mean? Like. That's, that's good shit. Like, when, are you into hip-hop, or is it strictly metal for you? Because you're a fucking metalhead, obviously. I'm definitely a metalhead. I actually, the stuff I prefer to DJ is, it depends on my mood. It, I like to DJ uh, down-tempo stuff, uh, depending on the on how cold it is outside. I like to play trance. Uh, if it's warm outside, I like to play the type of shit that you're playing at Ibiza, like, at 3 in the morning, and the, the club moves outside, and the sun's rising. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to hip-hop, I'm a fucking... I'm a dick when it comes to hip hop, dude, uh, because I'm not, I'm not for this, but it's gotta be either underground, like MF doom. Um, that's Mr. Mr. Liff. Um, or it's got, if I don't want to hear you talking about, uh, about what well, I want to hear either the, the underground shit or I want to hear about, and again, I'm not all, I'm not about this, but I want to hear about doing drugs Killing cops and pussy. <laughs> well, I, heard that. I definitely heard that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I missed that so shit. Like, I grew up with it. Well, like there's all there's all kinds of like so you like the different types of underground. You know, like you got the the like the MF Doom and you got like the the uh, Odyssey and you got like this type of shit. And then you got the whole other side. You got like Three Six Mafia and SPM and you got ICP. You know, you got Tech Nine and shit. Yeah. Like, there's, there's there's different types of underground. Are you like are you just all about that underground hip hop? You know what I'm saying? Any anything that's gonna anything that like anything underground that's got a good beat and sounds lo fi. Yeah, like, oh I heard that. I heard that. The uh, Legion Tattoo. I've been hanging out on Sundays there when my buddy's working his apprenticeship, and that's all they play, and that's all I want them to play. It's it's one of the best places to hang and like just unwind after a week is chill out at a tattoo shop and. Fucking have dope ass conversations with dope ass people. That's what's up, man. That's all, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. That's life, man. What What do you do in your free time? How do you wind down? Man, it just depends on what what kind of phase you catch me in in life. Right now, I'm playing all kinds of 2K. I'm playing I'm playing all kinds of basketball. Like that's uh, it. Just depends because like it depends on what you what, what you consider to be free time. You know what I mean? For sure. Like. Have- 
I, I watch a lot of fucking wrestling, man. Like, believe it or not, I watch a ton of wrestling. Like, I'd say every day I, I watch at least like four or five hours of wrestling. But I, I don't consider that to be free time, you know. I do the same thing, man. And I, I heard I hardly ever get to talk about this with anyone because a lot of people just really only watch AEW or uh, WWE, which is fine. I want everyone to watch what they like. But yeah. I, I actually have it on my schedule. On on Tuesday nights, I watch Dark. On Wednesdays, I watch AEW. On Thursday nights, I, I watch the re, I watch Impact because I, I download it. Oh, I, well, Impact is great, man. Right yeah. now, Friday nights Friday nights I watch New Japan Pro because that's the special one for me, man. Um, oh shit! You seen uh you seen the Regal Twins on there, right? And like New Japan Strong, yeah, yeah, man, that's the that's the gang right there, man. Those are the homies, the, the big homies right there. Why does uh, New Japan stick out to you? Because I have my reasons. I want to hear yours. Well, New Japan sticks out to me. Like, uh, like I watch. I've been like New Japan, uh, especially at the beginning. Strong style, strong style. Because strong style, it evolved now. Like, it's not no. It isn't now what it was at the beginning. But like, New Japan has been like. Have you ever watched like seventies or eighties New Japan? I have not. I've 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 ventured so far, uh, and I'm not. Well, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to pretend I'm OG New Japan, but I got into New right. Japan because of Bullet Club, and of course, yeah. So I, I was watching Prince Devitt's stuff, and so yeah. I was popping when he showed up on on NXT. I, man, I was there when Shinsuke showed up in Dallas. Um, it, oh shit! It, it the strong style thing is something that needs to be talked about because. You saw yeah. the you saw the the match between AJ and Shinsuke in New Orleans, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you see the match between AJ and Shinsuke in New Japan outside for the IWCP Intercontinental Belt, which a lot of people don't know what, is what, considered Shinsuke's I'm belt? I'm trying to remember what what show it was. Uh, was it Dominion? I think it was Dominion when they wrestled, like Dominion 2015 or 2014. It was because that match was incredible, dude. Like that match was fucking incredible. I do remember, like. It I was remember outside. where I was when I seen that shit for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Was it outside and at night? Oh yeah, it was. It that's, was. Uh, it was the main event of that show. That's the one, man. I, and I remember yeah. being so psyched to see Shinsuke and AJ again. But like nothing compared. That's actually my third favorite match of all time because that was the definition of strong style to me. Like Shinsuke was hitting right. him with his shins like a goddamn baseball bat. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's for real too. It's for real. Like what Strong Style was in the beginning, because like when I started watching, I started watching New Japan in like fucking 2013, you know. Uh, but like the thing is, being a wrestler, like uh, and like watching as much as I have, I've gone back and I've watched like so much, you know. But uh, Strong Style, what it was originally, was it was literally like Anoki created Strong Style, you know what I'm saying? Anoki created that shit, but it was like it was it was pro wrestling with real techniques, you know what I mean? It was pro wrestling with real techniques. If you go and watch like uh, Antonio Inoki versus Jack Briscoe, that shit looks like a fucking MMA fight would look today. You know what I mean? And it's got like it's some, some like it's got people getting whipped off the ropes and stuff like that. But the thing is, like everything that they did was for real. Everything that happened in that match was for real. You know what I mean? Nothing was bullshit. Everything that they did could hurt you for real. You know what I mean? And that's strong style. They weren't out there fucking each other up. They weren't out there giving each other concussions or nothing like right. that. You know what I mean? But they, they were out there and uh, it was real. Like it wasn't real, but it could have been real. If that makes sense. You know, and that's strong style for real. Anoki created that shit. You know what I mean? Like Anoki and, um, and um, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. 
maybe uh, I'm a little too deep in Iran. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, Enoki and uh, Carl Gotch. Carl Gotch and Billy Robinson, you know what I mean? The Snake Pit. These motherfuckers created strong style, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it resonates through it, you know what I mean? And Choshu and these guys took it to another level. Muda and, uh, and, um, and, uh, the, the three musketeers man like those guys took it to another level you know what i mean and the, the, the okada okada and those guys you know tanahashi shinsuke these guys are they everybody keeps advancing it advancing it have you ever watched all japan any like 90s or 80s all japan I, I really want to man it's just one of those things like we're watching all it's it's the difference between like the the top five for me and then like yeah. the, like a deep dive like to watch all japan or more Ch- uh, chikara or uh so much stuff. Yeah. There's too much. Stuff. It's impossible. It's impossible trying to keep trying to watch classic CMLL or U, UWA or any of the UWF. You know what I mean? Like trying to watch any of the the IWE over from over in Japan from the late '60s and early '70s. Trying to watch any of the Polynesian Pro Wrestling or Mid South or Mid Atlantic. Trying to watch Dallas. Trying to watch Houston. Trying to watch the new stuff, the current stuff. Ring of Honor, the current Ring of Honor, the classic Ring of Honor, the current TNA, the old TNA. It's so fucking hard to keep up. And watch, but uh, I try, man. Like that's why I'm saying, like this is all the shit I'm watching all the time. You know, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch all this shit all the time. You should, you should try to watch some All Japan sometime. A lot of people think that, uh, like mid, like early through late '90s All Japan and the early, the early Noah. A lot of people think that that is the peak of pro wrestling that that won't be topped. And uh, a lot of those guys, they're like they're 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 dead and they're and they're in rough shape today because of the style, the, the King's Road style. That was the that was the style that um, Giant Baba created, as opposed to Anoki. Uh, you know, the, those were the two top guys in the, the Japan Wrestling Association in the '60s and '70s. That was Ricky Dozan's association. He created wrestling over in Japan, and he he started Baba and Anoki. They were his two top guys, oh. and once he died, they were the two top guys over in over in his company, the Japan Wrestling Association. And in the early '70s, they both in '72 they both broke off. In Japan, and uh, Anoki, he created New Japan, and Baba, he created All Japan. And uh, All Japan, it's this, it's a different, it's a whole different style. It's called King's Road style, and uh, it's a whole different fan base, and uh, it's a whole different history. Like, it, like if if you watch a King's Road style match, it's a lot of them are like forty to fifty to sixty minutes long, and uh, every everything is based on psychology on previous matches and uh, where you are in the card, and it's just like. The, the booking for King's Road is just incredible, man. Like, watching 70s and 80s and 90s All Japan is, like, it's some of the best shit, uh, like, ever, dude. You should try to get your eyes on some of it. Is it, is it on the uh, New Japan app? Um, How far does New the, Japan like, all, go? All, 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 the, uh, all the 70s and 80s and stuff like that, New Japan is on that New Japan app, the New Japan world. But uh, I have that. There's, there's this... Uh, YouTube channel called Roy, Lu- Roy Lucier. Like he, there's this guy. His his name is Roy Lucier, and he's a wrestling historian. And he's got all this fucking footage on uh, on YouTube and on Daily Motion. Like on Daily Motion, he's got like uh, 1989 through like all of like 1989 through all of the 90s. He's got all of, all the New Japan Television and New Japan big matches on Daily Motion. And then on YouTube, he's got these all these different channels for like CMLL and AAA and Houston Wrestling and WWWF, the classic WWF, yeah. and all Japan. He's got like um, I, I'm I'm on his YouTube channels like every day, all day. Um, for all Japan, he's got like 1978 through like 1991 or two 
Uh, all Japan, like everything, he's got all that shit on YouTube, dude. It's crazy. Is he the guy that posts all the all the cool uh, Dragon's Gate shit, like with Pac and shit from back in the day? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. Honestly, I'm pretty sure because he's got all kinds of all kinds of independent, like uh, like classic and indie stuff, you know, all the way from like the early '90s when the indie started picking up with like Al Snow and, and like early One Two Three Kid, Sean Waltman, yeah. when these guys like Sabu, when they started like. When indie wrestling became something that people really started seeking out in the early '90s, he was like the guy that always had the fucking footage. You know what I mean? He's always he's always been a, a tape trader and a, and a historian. And he's got like all this shit he's got on YouTube and Daily Motion is like real, real classic footage that you're not going to be able to find nowhere else. You know? The one thing I I am constantly I do search every day is um, PWG matches before they get taken down. <laughs> Dude, when I was younger, when I was in, like, high school, I saved, like, when I first graduated high school, uh, I was in maybe, like, 2015, 16, I was working this uh, overnight job. I was uh, doing carpet and hardwood flooring, and I saved up, like, fucking $2,000 to try to go down to Reseda and see a PWG show. I was, I was such a fucking big fan of everything PWG, man, like. The way that people would like, we would get crazy for ECW in the '90s. That's how I felt about PWG, uh, or like the early 2000s. How Ring of Honor, like really, you know, Ring of Honor in the early to mid 2000s. That's how I felt about PWG, man. Like, and the thing was, I called and I had like a bunch of my friends call at the same time, try to get tickets, and they sold out in like fucking six minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? And I couldn't get tickets. You know what I mean? It still but, does uh, it, man. It still I, does like, it. I love PWG, bro. Straight up. Some of my all-time favorite matches are PWG matches. I remember Will Osprey. Like, I, God, there was like nine dudes in the in the ring. Uh, forgive yeah. me, I can't remember exactly everyone there. I know the Bucks were there. I know Cage was there. But they they booted some guy like ten feet in the air. Osprey was wait Osprey was waiting off the top rope, caught this guy's neck ten feet in the air and stone cold stunned yeah. him ten feet down. And the whole the oh, whole place God. even the dudes in the and, and it was so great about it was watching the dudes in the ring pop. <laughs> like like oh, for sure. Yeah, like I can't believe I just saw that. What are you gonna do? Not pop when you see something like that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anybody in the world they see something like that, they're gonna say, Oh my god, that's fucking impressive. The uh uh Cesaro with Pac and God, who was the other guy? I can't remember, but it was Pac launching a guy doing that twirl thing over his neck, launching him in the air, and then Cesaro, just that perfect uppercut. Like like sure. he's got the best hero I've ever seen. It was a per- it was like Shakespearean poetry to me, man. Like it was beautiful. Uh, Generico is one of the best wrestlers fucking in the world, dude. Yeah, I, I think he's the most underrated one in the world right now. He for sure is. Like, if he's not one of them, he's top two or three. I think he's if probably he's the one. I think he's probably the one that WWE is going to do everything they can to keep him from not going to AEW because those are all his friends. Man, like they better do whatever they they like. I'm pretty sure he's happy, like, he's he's getting that money, but they better do whatever they can to keep him, like, <laughs> wherever, like, anybody, any wrestling company should do whatever the fuck they can to get their hands on him, dude, like, yeah. he's he's such a huge asset, wherever. and I think they know it, and he knows it, and everybody knows it. I, I mean, I'm glad for Rusev uh, becoming uh, uh, Miro or that's Mino. Miro, dog. That's Miro. Miro. Like, I'm glad he's <laughs> yeah. in. I'm glad he's in AEW. I'm glad he's happy getting to express himself because as an artist, that's the most important thing in the world to me. Uh, oh, but sure. he wasn't always my favorite. But I, the one I really always wanted to see go AEW since the beginning was Cesaro. Yeah. If I 
one person that I would want to see in AEW. It'd probably be me. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just playing for real though. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just playing. And all in all seriousness, the purpose of the question here, like one WWE guy or an indie guy or. Well, I'm a I'm an indie guy, uh, but I mean I well, it's kind of hard to say. I mean I like the I like I, you can't not like the big leagues, you know. But like you also can't be a bandwagoner in the big leagues. But at the same time, though, uh, right now is a time where. God, I'm just gonna be blunt. Like, if you tell me that all you watch is WWE, I'm gonna pat you on the back and say I'm glad for you. But at the same yeah. time, though, I'm... there's a there's a lot to watch. Again, if the only thing you watch is WWE, like you've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT, you've got Main Event. I don't know if they still do Superstars. I'm pretty no. sure they do. I haven't you, seen you've got forever. You've got like an uh, NXT UK, like you got two or five live. If you only watch WWE, you still got like eight or nine shows that you can watch every week. That's the crazy thing. You if know you're what I'm watching NXT, which is the best one, then I'm happy be- because yeah. I-, I find that to be legitimate art. I find Raw and SmackDown to be corporate bullshit right now, um, and NXT is doing everything it can to hold on to its, its artistic expression. And this is, I- I'm really glad you brought a few things up because. Um, in my opinion, pro wrestling is pure art. Like there should be videos of wrestling match in the Louvre. To my, in my opinion, we actually did a show in an art museum, Rocky Mountain Pro. We did a show in the Denver Art Museum because pro wrestling is art. Like it ties into this, man. I agree with you. Pro wrestling is art for and, real, bro. And Especially it, when it's right. Agreed. And and that's why I was like really surprised and proud because I was a I've always been a big Ambrose fan slash Dean uh, Moxley fan. Um, big time. But seeing Mr. Fucking Tough Guy, Mr. Big Balls, hot wife, big truck, everything paid off, grew up being a petty criminal, doing hardcore matches, talk about the need to express himself, like, was like, like, it released this pressure valve in me, like, like, yes, (laughs) please, please, like, I hope other people are inspired to talk about it the same way, because it wasn't like... Because he was saying flat out, I don't give a shit about the money. I, my house is paid off. My truck is paid off. I mean, could you imagine your home paid off and your truck paid off? No. I sure couldn't. Not let, right now. Let alone Someday doing it through pro either, wrestling. But like, nah, I, uh, right now, I couldn't even imagine. I'm fucking struggling my ass Me too, man. And, and But can you yeah. imagine doing that through through pro wrestling and you really did it? No one – everyone told you you were going to fail. And then, oh, yeah. and he's not bitching about money. He's like, I got money. I don't fucking care. I want to express myself. I want to. I want to make my own promos. I, like, and and I wasn't hearing a, a wrestler bitching that people were telling him what to do. I was hearing a true artist being caged, and and all he wants to do is. I, I'm, the second AEW starts making him do shit, he's gone. I think uh, I don't know, man. Like, did you see? The, did you see who he's fighting in Bloodsport? Uh, who? Actually, I didn't. He's he's playing. Frost. He's playing him. He he's doing uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, dog. And oh, is he really? Yes, he is. Bloodsport is about to happen again, and I, I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm going to like just text me when you see it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna- I'm gonna have to check that shit out. Yeah, Barnett's, Blood, Barnett's Bloodsport is a shit, man. I'm glad because he, he always brings in uh, Minoru Suzuki, who's one of my favorites, man. Oh, for real, man. Yeah, Minoru Suzuki was the king of pancreas. You know what I mean? Like, which is like 
Minoru Suzuki is a real, real bad son of a bitch. You know, it's not a pro wrestling gimmick. He beat the shit out of some real, some real bad dudes. You know, we wouldn't have Tekken without him, man. They based Tekken I'm off saying, of him. I'm saying, for real, dude. Yeah. For real, Minoru Suzuki, like he's he's not. It's not a gimmick. He's really that scary. He's really that badass. You know, he's the reason why I wear uh, crazy socks all the time. <laughs> and it's funny because he's like a big fan of Joshi and like DDT and shit like that. Yeah, I know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, uh, I want to hear your opinion on this because I was talking with some people I'll talk to you about. I'll I'll mention to you later, uh, not on the podcast. Um, But one of my favorite things about New Japan is the Young Lion program. Uh, Formerly uh, Young Boy. Um, I think they changed it because it sounded kind of gay. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's just – I'm. No, no hate in my heart. Uh, I'm just saying. I think they changed it because they think uh, someone's like uh, Americans think that's kind of gay. <laughs> change, it, change it, young line. All right, uh, the program. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on how how it's organized? I think uh, I think it's based on tradition because New Japan didn't start the young line like like. Uh, the young, the young line, the young boy system has literally been around since like the 50s. You know what I mean? Since uh. Like the, the the two guys uh, that I was talking about early earlier, like the two gods of Japanese wrestling, Anoki and Baba, the guys who literally started New Japan and Anoki, they were or, uh, New Japan and All Japan. They were young boys once upon a time. When they started, they were young boys, you know. And uh, young boys have been around like uh, fuck. I think the Japan Wrestling Association started in like 1953. I think that's when Ricky Dozan wrestled uh, Luthez for the title over there. And, um, yeah, like, it's just based on respect, dude. Like, I I agree with it wholeheartedly. Like, Too Cold Scorpio was, uh, he was a young boy over in New Japan. He went through that system. And when he, when he was the head trainer over here, he really, it was a bit, it was so, such a big deal. Respect to instill some of that respect that was instilled on him and to us, you know? For for our listeners that are not familiar with the Young Lion program, the Young Boy program, break it down for us. What what are the quintessentials? a young boy, man, like you, you show up to the dojo and you, there's levels to this shit. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't just show up and become, and become a Jushin Liger right off the top. Anybody who's anybody in New Japan, whether it's Okada, whether it's Ricky Choshu, whether it's Tsumi, whether it's Tsumi Fujinami, Fujinami, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Fujinami, whether it's fucking, uh, you know anybody, bro? Like they're all they all had to start off level one, day one as a young boy. You you wake up, you got to do all your exercises, you got to do all your workouts, which is fucking crazy. You got to do like like hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands, of like squats and push ups and shit like that. You got to take your bumps and do your in ring work. You got to what you got to uh, like everybody else is is doing their workouts while they're doing their shit you got to clean everything you got to clean you got to prepare all the food you got to do all the dishes you got to clean all the laundry you got to make their beds you got to do you got to do pretty much everything you got to clean the dojo you got to clean you got to clean everything up that's the that's how day one that's level one of a young boy and it's not like that forever like once you prove that you're there for the reason you're there for the respect and you prove yourself as worthy and honorable you start moving up and you start moving up the system you're not just gonna stay a young boy for the rest of your life, you but, know. Like before you but, uh, before you get too far, 
the the little nuance you've got it perfect uh the, the little nuances i like uh, about what i've heard about the the system from a lot of podcasts i've listened to is that you have to separate the heels from the faces and oh, for sure. there's you have to make sure that the there's a specific like food they make for the for everyone that's like kind of like their gruel or whatever you want to say it that, that they got to make for them and you got to make sure it's hot warm ready for them but also you got to make yeah. sure that everything's perfect ready because the heels train in the morning and I'm sorry the the faces train in the morning and the heels train at night and you got to make sure that their kayfabe is 100% protected while they're even just walking in the room uh, or in the dojo in general and then also uh, break it down. Um, in terms of what they can and cannot do in the ring. Oh, like there, there's no, there's pretty much no entertainment that go when you, when you're a young lion. There's like no entertainment value that goes into it. Like it's all wrestling. You're it's all wrestling. You there. You got your black boots. You got your black trunks. There, there's like there's no gimmick that goes into it. when I say entertainment. People are like, oh, they're just out there wrestling boring. Of course they're not because wrestling isn't fucking boring. But like, there's no gimmick that goes into it whatsoever. You're not allowed to like, you're not allowed to go out there with the and and with all this flash and pizzazz. You got to go out there and get yourself over by your mare, by your wrestling. You know what I mean? I always wondered how they allowed Kitamura, who was my favorite young boy, uh, to uh, he he fucked he screwed the pooch man. Like he kept popping, but uh, he was my favorite young boy, uh, young lion. Kita, remember him, Kitamura, giant yeah, jack guy. Uh, they let yeah, him, yeah. they let him have that uh, that mouth guard with the fangs. I wonder, I was wondering how he got away with that, which is because he was so big and scary. Well, like uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was like an aspect from, uh, but his like previous, he was like a, a sumo or a judoku or something like that before New Japan. Yeah, and it was like it, it was that had something to do before he, he before he started or something like that, bro. Uh, he was my favorite man. I was like my girlfriend at the time. Her and I would always like just like armchair book like what we want him to do, what gimmick we'd want to give him, like where we send him. Because uh, uh, can I take over from here? Yeah, man. All right. So after uh, after you get over as a young lion, uh, you're sent across the pond to the states. So that excursion, man. That yeah, excursion. So you you end up in you end up wherever you want. Actually, you can go to NXT. Well, if they let you, uh, probably not NXT quite yet. Uh, before you get scoop, scooped up, uh, Impact, Ring of Honor, uh, it, you know, sky's the limit. You go develop yourself, you develop your character. Uh, for people that have been keeping up with TNA and Impact for the past, like, ten years, you might remember uh, Okado, <laughs> who they completely uh, underutilized and then comes back to New Japan because you go, you develop your character, your gimmick, you come back over, and you're over. Yeah, you're you're your main roster now. And Okado, who they they made him like they I, God, I felt like they make him like like made him like a Charlie Chan character, and he was yeah. like a manager. It was, it was, it was Matrix. Type. It was weird. It, was it wasn't stupid. very good, but like, he was such a good wrestler. Like if you were watching the matches, it's just like fuck. Like that's the thing, you know. Like if you were watching the matches, you you, you could tell that the guy's obviously talented. But if you're not, like it, it's just like you're if you're if you're like not. A big wrestling person, and you're just watching for the whole show. You're just like, holy shit! Like this is bad, you know? Right. When you, when you know what he's capable of, and then he comes back. He goes back to Japan, and he's okay. He becomes the fucking rainmaker. The rainmaker. He's in what he's he's in one of the he's in the midst of one of the best runs of pro wrestling history right now. He's he's like, an amazing like, man. Pro, oh yeah. I can't think of anything that he's ever done that I didn't like. Right now, uh, he's actually he ranked number six in this year's uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's uh, right. um, one hundred top five hundred top five hundred. 
but I'll read you the little little snippets of it. Why he was defeated G1 Climax Tournament winner Kota Ibushi to retain IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. In Night 1, if you're not following New Japan... Shit like doesn't happen like that in, on night one. <laughs> no, no, no way, man. No fucking way. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up the new uh, Young Lion program, because then you come back, you're over, you get to do whatever the hell you want pretty much, because you've proven yourself devoted and you've earned the respect, was Juice Robinson. Oh, yeah. Juice Robinson gets fired from NXT. He goes over to New Japan. They actually gave him the option, like, like we're no, we'll put you straight up on the main roster. He's like, nah, I'm doing, I'm doing online. He, he straight up went through the through the motions. He was not going to, and that's what made me like when I I loved him already, but uh, when I found out that he voluntarily went through the program for real, for real. And you, you, you'll see those matches, like, where the Young Lions are there to help people on the side. You know, they're the ones putting the ice pack on people, getting people out of the ring after they got their ass whooped. Uh, they're also there to get uh, their ass whooped by Minoru Suzuki. Uh, <laughs> get, like, terrorized by Suzuki. Yeah. Get, get terrorized by Suzuki. <laughs> get terrorized by Suzuki and get your ass whooped by him. And uh, you'll see him there, you know, with the ice pack. You see Jay Switchblade there, you know, helping him. Oh. Like I, I loved that time, man, because every I had faith in every single one of them, and I still do. I still oh, do. Sure. They'll, they'll all, like, it, especially if you make it through. You know what I mean? Like, if you make it through the Young Lion program, like, remember when Cody Hall was was a young boy? You know what I mean? Like, he's not around anymore. Like, there's a lot of them that don't fizzle out. You know, like, I, I like I'm not saying I could, you know, or I would, but I'd like the chance. Man, I would if I was wrestling. Uh, I, I everyone always messes with me, like, when are you gonna wrestle? Because I'm big. Uh, it's not. I don't. It's not my thing. I'm I, more of an art guy. But uh, if I was gonna do that, I would only want to go to. Even if I had like a, a million dollar contract from someplace, I would want. I want to go New Japan, like first and foremost. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, like Alistair Black, he was watching. He was growing up in the Netherlands, watching New Japan before he ever watched WCW or WWF. He was watching New Japan. Like that's what he grew up on. Like MVP, he got into business because he loved New Japan Pro Wrestling tapes, you know, all Japan Pro Wrestling tapes, not because he wanted to be a WWF superstar. It ended up happening for him, but he got in the business because he had the goal to wrestle in Japan, not to, not to wrestle in the WWE. Like, there's a lot of people like like that, you know? He, uh, Alistair Black came from WXW. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. That's uh, like, I remember the first time I ever seen him wrestle as Tommy End, and like, I don't know, like, it wasn't even like, it wasn't like that early. It was like 2014. It was a PWG show, and uh, I didn't like. I saw that guy, and I would never, never have thought like that tatted up guy with his kick ass style, would his strong ass style, would ever be in the WWE, man. But like, he's all over the he's all over the main roster. He's one of the best ones, man. I've, I've always been. It's crazy. It's, it's cool too because it's so authentic, man. Like the, the whole gimmick and like everything, the whole everything. I like I like seeing the shit like that, man. You know, like it just it's cool. It's it's good to see. Man. He, uh, WXW does one of my favorite annual events, the 16 karat gold. Oh, no doubt. No uh, doubt. If, uh, guys, if, if you're listening to this and have no idea what 16 karat gold is, look up 2016 WXW 16 karat gold. You're going to see Cody fresh from WWE. Uh, not quite Bullet Club yet, but uh, Pentagon Jr., I think he won three years ago. I mean, like, they, they got the best of the best. Plus, the, they've got the trust of the fans. 
you notice how the fans are allowed to be up ringside. I mean, literal leaning over the ring. And some of the best wrestling I've seen in years, especially with the, the amount of freedom that they're given. They, they know the stage. They know they know it's not the most popular thing in the world, but they know it's one of the most hardcore motherfucking things they can do all year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How do you feel about progress? Progress is some of the best shit over there in the UK, without a doubt, man. That's why I have the. That's why I resubscribed to the uh, WWE Network, man. Because uh, Progress, they've been on hold for a while, but even then, like there wasn't a lot on the app. But they put such a huge database on the WWE after they bought that shit up. The the yeah. tapes is watching old Progress stuff. That's where Osprey come came from. Uh, Walter, oh, yeah. Walter was working with WXW and Ring Conf, and then he'd also go to Progress as well. And uh, that's how. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, all, those, uh, you, like, all the progress and Rev Pro and all that good British shit. You ever seen any of the old school, like the, the round style, the British rounds, ma- like the round style matches? Uh uh-uh, uh, man. What is that? Uh, like, literal, like, they'll have, like, round one, round two, round three. It's real, like, it's old school shit. It's, like, real, real catch-as-catch-can type shit, you know? Like, it's, it's not very Americanized <laughs> at all, you know? But. It's, it's good stuff. Like Regal used to do that stuff, and Robbie Brookside used to do that stuff, and uh, a lot of like a lot of good like, the classics. You know, a lot of the a lot of the legends. You know, used to work that old style, the the, the British round style. Well, shit, man! I, I almost forgot we were supposed to interview you. Let's let's talk about you. Oh shit, man! I'm like I'm enjoying all this, man. Talking about all this other shit. I know you're a big fan of like. We, we we touched on new metal, man. Like I know you're a big fan of extreme metal, you know, Sepultura and like uh, Death Angel and more, you know, all this good stuff. I know you're a big fan of horror movies, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm enjoying talking about also all this other shit, man. Well, we got we got <laughs> Halloween coming up, man. What are your top ten? Uh, what are your go to Halloween movies that you never miss? Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween, oh, no, I'm just playing, man. <laughs> no, I definitely, uh, I'm, I'm, I like the slashers, man. Like, I, I, I'm, I've always like growing up. I, I like, the, I like the slashers, you know, all the classics, you know, whether it's like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, you know, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, I, I like all the, uh, all the classic franchises. I'll just binge watch all the, all those movies every single year. I'll, I'll just watch every single chain every year, you know. <laughs> Last year, I, wa- I watched every I watched every single episode of Tales from the Crypt. I bootlegged everything off oh, the torrent. I boot I yeah. found it. Uh, it took me three and a half months to download a torrent, but I got every single episode of Tales from the Crypt and put everything on my PlayStation and just watched it until Halloween. Oh, that's fire! That's fire! Bro. And this year, um, man, I'm focused. On, I want to do witch movies this year because the witch movies are my favorite. Like, I mean, there it's hard to find a good witch film. Um. God, I'm going to pull up Shudder while we're talking so I can pull up one I forgot. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. But, like, um, Lords of, uh, The Lords of Salem was just completely a psychedelic witch trip. Uh, we're talking the one that really – I couldn't believe it was a new, newer film because newer films usually suck. Uh, Hereditary, that one, that one fucked me up, man. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet, though. Like I've heard, I've heard nothing but good shit about it, too. It's, it's on Amazon under no circumstances. Let anyone under the age of 25 watch this movie. Yeah. Oh fuck! I gotta watch this when we get done. Yeah, it's 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 a slow burn, but it it it'll pop. The oh, uh, so Lord of Salem. God damn, what's the other one? It's on my iPhone. Fuck. All right. So, all right. What are your go tos? I mean, really, we we've talked about uh, we've talked about 
Halloween movies, you're talking about the slashers, but what are the what are the more intricate ones that are more like niche things that not everyone is aware of or things that you you like? Because I, I I won't let a Halloween pass without watching Hocus Pocus or Death Becomes oh, Her. Sure. Death Becomes Her. Uh, I like. I'm a big fan of the the big two fucking Rob Zombie, uh, The House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil Rejects. I, I like those two movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Just like it's it's like nostalgic for me. Uh, I had an uncle growing up that like uh, I would go down to his house when I was younger, and like he wasn't even like my uncle, but um, this motherfucker like raised me type shit. Like I was at his house a lot, you know what I mean? Like he he lived a, a couple apartments down from me, and I'd go down there and I'd watch like. One of those movies, or I'd watch like Faces of Death, or I'd listen yeah, to like, Faces of Death? you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Like we, we were like, because we were growing up, like it was just like a, it was a rough environment, you know what I mean? Like growing up, you know, I didn't really uh, realize it, but uh, at the time, but like looking back and like talking to other people, and people were like, oh really? Like that's it's crazy. But at the time, it was just all it was all good to me, you know. But I'd go down there, and, like, that's where I was exposed to a lot of shit, you know, whether it was, like, uh, crazy-ass movies or whether it was, you know, like, music, whether it was, like, you know, that's where, like, was the, he, I'd go down there, and he'd be less, we'd listen to, like, death metal or something like that. And I'm, like, eight years old, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you seem to handle but, it pretty good, man. You got, you got a family? You got a house? You're doing well? You're kicking ass in uh, you're kicking shit, ass in wrestling, man? Like, it's, it's, it's not even a bad thing, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, uh, I wouldn't, like... It gave me a chance to like. I had a lot of freedom, you know. what I'm saying I had a lot of freedom. Like a lot of a lot of a lot of other people didn't have, and like I was blessed with it because I wasn't out there like doing meth or anything like that. There was a lot of people around me who were, but I wasn't about like. I, I, like I always had the choice. I always knew. I always knew what the what the good choices were to make. Not a lot of people did. I understand that, but like. It's like it's definitely not a bad thing, you know. I mean, having the having the freedom, have, being being a lot of the freedom, it's it's not a bad thing, you know. Where did you grow up? I grew up in this little this little town called Platteville, Platteville, Colorado. Oh shit, dude! I think every every state has a Platteville. I know it it's weird. weird. It's a weird little place, dude. Like it's really not even that bad. I lived in these apartments where there was like a lot of drugs and like. Uh, it wasn't like it's really not even. I trust me, dude. I'm like it's not. I, I didn't like. I didn't grow up in like Chicago or Detroit or anything. Right. Any fucking place crazy like that. Like there was like maybe two drive-by shootings the whole time I lived there. It wasn't like an everyday thing. There was a lot of fights and stuff like that, but that's everywhere. You can go anywhere, and that's everywhere. You know, but right? It really. You know, I, I like there was there was more drugs than anything. It wasn't. It wasn't like motherfuckers were getting killed every day or anything like that. You know. Well, I'm glad. Well, you look happy, man. You got a smile on your face, that's for sure. It's because it's because I'm sitting here like this. This like it's really it wasn't even that bad, man. Like I am happy. I am happy. Like I I grew I grew up well. I grew up well, dude, for sure. Well, well, Halloween's coming up, so I recommend uh, even to our listeners, Season of the Witch. Uh, first off, spend the six dollars and get your free month of fucking Shutter. It's worth every fucking penny. Season of the Witch, old school 60s witch movie, man. Like, we're talking this, uh, you know, shuttered up woman. She's, like, mid middle age. Her husband's always gone. And she meets someone that teaches her how to work tarot cards. And she starts wanting to know a lot more. And it, it, it was kind of filmed in, like, kind of like that weird Roman Polanski type way where, it like, it's, like, oversaturated, like, 70s tones. And it's... It's not someone you would think would be a movie star, and 
Uh, also, uh, Deathgasm, if you're into heavy metal, Deathgasm will rock your fucking socks off. Um, <laughs> that's It's on Shudder. It's on Shudder. Todd in the Book of yep. Pure Evil, that's a kick-ass TV show. Uh, that's a horror TV show. Um, uh, also, Shudder has Joe Bob Briggs back at his... Uh, Joe Briggs Drive-In. Remember where he used to do uh, – well, you probably know. You're 24, uh, 23. Uh, he used to do – he used to sit outside his trailer in, on USA and just intro – he was like a, a redneck Elvira. And and he's sitting outside drinking beer outside of his trailer. But now he's uh, on the app where it's, he can be totally rated R. There's no censoring. His He's got an assistant, which is a legit porn star who's a zombie chick. He had yeah. – he did Hellraiser 2. He did Maniac. Uh, when he'd had Hellraiser 2 on, he had Ashley Lawrence and Doug Bradley. He brought a box. They had all this great introspective throughout. Like the, every like 15 minutes, they'll stop it and he'll he'll it'll go back to the trailer and he'll talk about like what is important about this. Or Tom Savini did that, and uh, it's, it's a lot of good stuff on that. But again, like we, we keep geeking out. Um, where think, you all, right, all right, you asked me the question. I got to answer it. One Halloween movie. It's not very obscure or anything. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty popular actually. But Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn. I gotta watch that every year. It's one of what the best. I, one of my, it's so nostalgic for me. It's one of the best, brother. It's it, like I've got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I've got it on Blu-ray. Uh, Reanimator. That's one. If you're if you want to be if if you are into horror movies and you really want to be a horror movie like know what true blue horror movies are for people like us. Watch Evil Dead 2 and Reanimator, and you'll get a, a good sense of what we're looking for and what our tastes are all about. It's, oh, come on, that's a fucking fire. Yeah. All right, so you wrestle for a bunch of different places. You wrestle for Devotion. You wrestle for Colorado Springs Wrestling. You're about to make your debut – well, not debut, your re-debut. It's been, it's been a while since you've been there. Um, you wrestle for Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, are you doing anything uh, – you, you train with RMP, right? Yeah, man. Pretty much. I like. I'll, I'll, I'll train uh, anywhere. Like I, I can train, but like around here, Rocky Mountain Pro is the only place I'm training. Like I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't say like, uh, uh, like I'm only gonna train at Rocky Mountain Pro. Like you know, because I'm not really strict about that. Like if a, a opportunity for a seminar comes along or an opportunity to train with a name comes along, I'm definitely gonna take that opportunity. You know. Well, uh, we've got training down here in the Springs. We got uh, Animal Sam running that place, man. Eli- I remember I was present when Elias, what a part of the uh, uh, Canadian Pit Bulls, were there, and that was fucking. Uh, I wasn't allowed to talk about anything I saw other than that it was awesome. Um, <laughs> nice. Are you uh, the door open for OBW for you now? Yeah, like um, I should, I'd like to think it was open for me before. No, but uh, yeah, especially especially now because the, the ties are there. Even if the ties are stronger now with Devotion and with Rocky Mountain Pro, with the association, with the uh, the the, tie, the the doors are definitely like. Even if there was a window there before, like a window that was cracked before, now there's the fucking double doors that are open. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not guaranteed that I'll walk through, but the opportunity is a lot bigger than it was before, for sure, for sure. Well, if you get a chance, man, come down to Soko Wrestling, man, because they they. Man, it's pure heart, pure adrenaline. It's 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 a family. And one thing I, the one thing I am happy about about COVID and fucking a lot of things up is that everyone is playing ball now. 
Everyone's playing ball now. Everyone's just happy to be in the game. Everyone's talking. Everyone, uh, I haven't heard any big drama. Uh, everyone's playing ball. Everyone's doing their best, and everyone's working together. And uh, for it seems Southern Colorado, Denver area, Utah, uh, Ohio Valley, you name it. And it, it, I just, I'm loving seeing that. But my next question being, okay, so. Let's say you run through everyone in all these territories here in so- SoCo, Northern Colorado, everything I just named. Who would you want to approach you first from the big indies? Where would you want to go first? Man, like, there's not even a question, like, of where I would want to go first. Like, anywhere, like, there's levels to this shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I definitely, more, more than anything, like, I like, I any opportunity I have to get to that next level, I'll take that shit. Like I'm in no position to pick and choose. Like, uh, like I'm for, I'm like I'm pretty comfortable at the level I'm at. But com- like when when you're comfortable, like that that I, like I'm comfortable around here, which is a problem. You know what I mean? Because I've done I've done a lot around here, but that's such a small such a small fee in the grand scheme of things. I like I I don't like. I want to do these big indies, you know, I want to do PWG and GCW and Ring of Honor. And I want to go over to Japan. I want to go to Mexico. I want to go to the UK, you know, I want to take this level and I really want to be one of the guys from around here that can fucking break through the, the next, you know. Would you want to do the Young Lion program or would you rather just go around everywhere until you're big enough to just go straight to the main roster? Man, like, well, honestly, like, it's it's hard. It's hard. it's even hard for me because I know it's like a hypothetical right now. But even like, it's hard for me to give you an answer other than like whichever one came faster, whichever one came first. If I had a choice, I'm sitting here trying to break it down now for real. Because like when I when I'm trying to think about it, because when I, what, like what came to mind automatically was like oh whichever one came first. You know what I'm saying? If I had an opportunity, fuck. I would say probably. To, to travel and like instead of doing the Young Lions program right off the bat, I would rather I'd rather do like do like a, a Benoit fucking Guerrero Jericho route where like all right you go here 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 and you soak up shit everywhere you go until eventually you got the whole you you put everything together for for the fucking for the big package you know. Well, speaking with that that perfect faction that frankly gives me a boner. Um, <laughs> God damn, can you imagine, Jesus fucking Christ, can you imagine being a fly on the wall in the fucking locker room with Benoit, Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Chris Jericho? Nah, man. Like, everywhere they went, too, everywhere they went, because they've been all over the world together, you know, those four, with with Saturn, and with Conan, with Shane Douglas, and with Hoover Dude, and with Mysterio. I love Hoover Dude. Mm, love that too. Juice, man, they've all, they've, 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 they've all been all around the world together, man. With Juice and Liger, with Pillman, with Brian Pillman, like they've all been around the world together, man. Like, just ah, random, I couldn't, man. I really couldn't. Random fact: This year was the first year in like twenty something years that Juice and Liger didn't make uh, the uh, PWI's top five hundred. I think he was in it every single year that they had it. Like from the from the first year that they did the five hundred. From until the year he retired, he was in it every single year. So you read the magazine then? Oh yeah, like when I was a, when I was younger, I was such a fucking like, especially when I was like in you know like third, fourth, fifth grade, all the way up until like fucking I graduated high school. I was a really, really big fan of magazines. You know, like I remember I have really distinct memories of uh, being a little kid. You know, uh, and being in Walmart 
and you know fucking we do this we'd go and we'd buy all this food for the month and shit you know during the checkout auto every time during the checkout i'd go and i'd go read the read the magazines whether it was pwi or wwe or insider pro wrestling whatever it was like that's how i first heard about ring of honor was through pwi because uh uh d'lo brown was in ring of honor at the time and i was like holy shit like i, I loved d'lo brown when i was a kid and i was like what is this ring of honor that was the first time i ever heard about ring of honor was through pwi like I was I loved I've always loved and even even like to this day like last year me and Marlon Bishop were in PWI we were in the independent roundup for a feud that we did in Rocky Mount Pro this latter match or uh, last match Santa match that we had Marlon Bishop is, is the man oh man he's that dude he's that dude everybody knows Marlon Bishop is that dude you know what I'm saying all right so we've talked about where you could possibly go uh, we talked about our love of uh, that perfect stable. Even though they weren't always together, they were still always together and put it, uh, really had each other's back. I mean, can you imagine? Okay, Jericho's already in WWE, and then Saturn, Benoit, and they all show up, and all of a sudden, someone's got Jericho. Like, hey, five dudes had Jericho's back in the in the in the a gorilla in, in the locker room. Who are your dudes? Man, like it, it always it always goes. Uh, my dudes right now, or. Like my real, my dudes in real life. Yeah, who are your who are your dudes in real life? Uh, it, it, at at Rocky Mountain at Devotion, who are your, who are your uh, who are your go to guys, man? Put get, put your friends over. That's what I'm asking you. Man, it's for sure the Horsemen, bro. The motherfucking Horsemen, Marlon, Atiba, Bruce, fucking uh, Mar- Marcus. You know Zim, Zim Damascus. Those are my guys. Joe Joe B, Joe Barton. Like Barton's the man. What I, I, he, Dude, I, a, couple, a couple years ago, uh, or not, I'd say like 2016, 17, uh, the group of guys, when I first got into wrestling, the group of guys that are really like, really like uh, latched on to almost, I, I would I would even say latched on to, but they like accepted me was, uh, and they really took me in. I learned so much from these motherfuckers was I would like, the guys who I would train with mostly and I would ride with and tra- I would travel with mostly was the, the Left Coast Gorillas with Hoodie and Anaya. With Mario Avenger and with Sam Udell and Royce Isaacs, those were my guys when I first when I first got into this shit. That's like if I if I would say like credit me for training me, it would be those guys. Those guys trained me. Those are my guys for real. Who's training you now? Right now, uh, to be honest, like over there, uh, RMP, like um, I'm one of the uh, I'm a leader over there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. me and. Uh, I'm, I'm not like, uh, dude. The trainers are like uh, Matt and, C- and Curtis and Corrente. Those are like the coaches, Dustin. But like me and Atiba and Lipto, you know, Corrente. Like we're 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 leaders, man. Like those are those are the coaches. But we have a lot. Like, no, I'm not gonna say like uh, we're like I'm not like we're training. Like we're we're all we're we're training each other at this point. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Matt, like Matt, like Matt, Dustin, like they're still like they had honchos for sure. But like we're all we're we're definitely improving each other at this point. It's not it's not like uh, it's not like Corrente's training me, or it's not like I'm like uh, I'm training like uh, Johnny Casanova from JK Pop. We're we're improving each other at this point. If that makes sense to you, you know. Well, it, it makes perfect sense, and I want to talk more about that because I mean, you you you've got your young lions under underneath you. You've got uh, you've got Damon Ace. You've got uh, um, Balaam Links. You've got Lilith. Uh, you've got so many great up and coming talent, and you've got people you like. Sure. Uh, you, I I don't know how you guys 
even tell Heidi Hellitzer what to do because that woman is goddamn that woman is a badass and yeah. but she is, she is man but like she she knows like like if if she tells me something something that I need to improve I'm gonna definitely can like I'm gonna listen to her just like if I tell her something she's gonna listen to my input too. See that's you know? what I want to that's what I talk about but I want to talk in a little bit of the higher level when it comes to the trainers training together. What is yeah. that like? Uh, is it are you, is, is it like where you've got all the fundamentals down and you're you're teaching all the the young bloods what they have to do how to get over how to talk in the mic but then when the trainers are training each other is it just like a free for all like you guys are it's like a free write it's it's you just abstractly painting just learning shit just making shit up on the fly no so like it's kind of a bit of all that if we're being like like it's a bit of all that but like honestly um so we all come in like. We know what we have to work on, so that's where we're going to come in, and that's what we're going to focus on for sure. Like, we know what we're lacking, and what we know we work on. And the thing is, like, like seminars, seminars are the biggest deal, because, like, a seminar is, is when you really figure out, like, you, like the, when you, when a guy like Greg Iron comes in, he's got so much knowledge, you know what I mean? Like, that's when you really, like, you you, you assess yourself, you know what I mean, compared to the next level, you know, any, any seminar that's coming up. And a lot of the stuff that we do now over at Rocky Mountain Pro, it's based on the uh, it's based on uh, Al Snow's academy on, on his curriculum on, on his curriculum for his academy for OVW. Like, yeah, oh, even uh, even as top like Atiba, Atiba's probably the best wrestler in the state. You know what I mean? And I and Atiba are probably the best two wrestlers in the state. And when they, they get together and chain, they work on the basics. You know what I mean? They like they don't work on like here's how we do a headlock or here's how we do a, a wrist lock, but they do work on like all right, like. Here, let's all right like let's let's put this spot together and let's really let's let's get this timing down let's get this footwork down let's get this spacing down let's make this look smooth let's make this look fast let's slow this down let's break we'll, we'll videotape it and we'll we'll go back and watch it and we'll break it down we can improve on this this was the shits this was good like that's 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 kind of more of a, the formula that it is now you know because we like we all we all went through a, like fucking years of like all right this is how you do this this is how you do this this is how you do this but now it's to the point, like, for a lot of us, like, it's like, all right, this is, this is how you put this together. This is why you do this. This is where you should do this. That's what we're working on, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense, and I appreciate you breaking it down like that, because you're, yeah. you're, you're talking about struggling in a, you know, you're, you know, you're in band class, and everyone wants to play guitar, uh, but you still got to learn the fundamentals. But when the the lights turn off and the big kids stay a little bit longer and turn the lights back on after no one notices in the parking lot, that it's time to yeah. rumble. That it's, it's Dime, time Dime to finish. Bag, it up. Dimebag didn't fucking wake up and shred like that, bro. No. Like he fucking like he put hours and hours and hours and hours and hours in, and that's what we're doing. We're putting these hours. In. Who are you? Uh, who who do you got your eyes on that is up and coming? Damon Ace here in Colorado. I'll, yeah, I'll say it right off the top. Damon Ace, like he's he's fucking uh, everything he does looks pretty good. I'm not gonna like yeah he if he hears this like his head's gonna go up big probably not no, probably not actually he's he's a good dude but uh, I wouldn't like I wouldn't sit here and tell him this like if it was like I don't know but um for sure like I think uh, if he if he wants to he can make something big happen. I think Atiba is the best wrestler in the fucking in the state when it comes to a. Uh, they, he can do whatever. Like he can do anything. Like he can do anything. Whether it's chain or whether it's fly, whether it's brawl, whether it's fucking, you, you know, uh, get get the get the crowd 
be a gimmick, be a character, get the crowd into it. Uh, he's he's fucking great for sure. If I had to guess, if I had to ride somebody's fucking, if I had to be a beast, be a pube, and be on somebody's nuts, <laughs> that's, that, it'd be it'd be him. Man, this is what I've been wanting for a really long time, man. A lot of people get kind of a little wound up because I, I come at people strong. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm good at what I fucking do, but I come at people strong. And uh, this Tell like it is. Tell like it is. Yeah, really, hell yeah, man. Like, shit, I got some muscles. I'm going to fucking flex them. I'm almost as tall That's as you. Are. Man, man, fucking speak your piece, bro. That's what I'm talking about, man. Gas yourself. Get up, your spot, bro. bro. Get your spot. Come on. Come on, man. Nah, uh, I, 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 I'm, I really like what I do. Uh, I live for it. Uh, being a reporter, being an artist. Uh, I've got a few t-shirts I'm designing for a few of y'all, then you know who you are. Uh, sorry it's been taking so long, but I slave over it. But, uh, man, I've been, this is, this has been great, man. I, I cannot tell you, man, I had a shitty fucking day and I get to fucking geek out about metal and horror movies with one of my homeboys. Yeah, we're cool, man. You were cool to me, yeah, right? Sure. You, you were cool to me right from the beginning, man. And Hey, man, I do remember that day at Mile High Comics. I do remember that day you fucking smoking out there and I'm fucking, I'm like, what's up? I do remember that shit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> No, like, because that uh, like, that happens a lot around here. Where like motherfuckers, they they've done like they they wrestle like once a month. You know what I mean? They wrestle once a month like for a few years, and they get this big head. Like I would never like come at you or like Chris Hoff or like you you guys are the fucking homies just as much as the as the boys are. You know what I mean? You guys do a lot for you. You guys do a lot, man. Like you're you're the homie just as much as fucking. Just as much as Cumberbatch is, you know what I mean? Like me and Cumberbatch, I've known him since uh, I don't know. Maybe you're not as much of the homie as he is actually, because I've known him since I was in the fifth grade. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's straight up, man. Like you guys do a lot, man. Like yeah, I, yeah, you're the homie, man. Straight up, this is cool, man. This is cool. I'm like, this is cool. I'm glad we got to do this shit. This is me too, fun. man. You got anything left to say before we wind down? Uh, let's say happy birthday to my sister. It's her birthday tomorrow. Oh, that's awesome. What's her name? Her name is Brittany. She, like, I don't know. She'll probably, like, if I share, when I share this, she'll probably listen to it. So she'll be all happy that I said that. All right. Well, you've got a match coming up for CSW because we're, you're actually going to be the first Halloween episode because I'm going hard. I'm going hard in the fucking paint in October because yeah. uh, I've got a new format coming up uh, for a lot of the, the podcast and I think it's really going to make a lot of people happy and you're the first uh, to be the, we're going to start showing uh, Suicide Puppets we're playing Suicide Puppets uh, one of my uh, best up and coming metal bands right now uh, their music premiering uh, throughout the month and doing Serial Killer of the Week and but you've got a match coming up for CSW on was it the 19th? Nice. Sure do. Shit. No, 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 the 17th. The 17th. I, gotta, I had it pulled up shit, man. I'm going to get in trouble if I don't find this fast because they're going to listen to it. I'm going to get damn, fucking what the Fuck, man. You got, damn it, after I fucking put you over like a million bucks. Dude, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> don't be telling nobody. I ain't crying. No. <laughs> I got well, something in my well, eye. He's going to cry in the car. He's going to cry in the car. He's going to cry in the car. Shit, it's better than having to fucking take a piss in the fucking car. Y'all need to get a fucking pisser at fucking that, at RMP, at that fucking brewery, man. Because everyone's pissing in the car and hiding around the corners. I had to walk like fucking half a mile to go like in the in like in the dark with my backpack and a laptop. Like, that are Romero's? 
Shit, what was that? That place it was uh, for Milestone, man. Oh yeah, that was Romero's, bro. They they got bathrooms inside the bar. There's just a line constantly. The line is always long too. I think that it's perpetual line. All right, so we got you versus Roland Steel. Yeah, you damn right. Yeah, that is happening on October seventeenth. God damn, this is gonna be a good show, man. Uh, I, I, I look forward to everything. We got uh, Respect Women's Wrestling. Uh, we've got Slave to the Death match coming up this month. We've uh, shit. You guys have got Charge going on. On like, we're, we're, is that going on now? Weekly now, or is that just a uh, every two weeks now? Or yeah, so actually, like coming up October second, got, we got the Primos Pro Wrestling presents Shoot Style. I'm gonna be wrestling Big Guns Justin Andrews the next day over in Utah, December third, October third. I'm gonna be up there doing uh, the next TV taping for Devotion Championship Wrestling. You can see them on CW30. They're on Amazon Prime. They're on YouTube. They're on Twitch. You can see them wherever the fuck. October 9th is gonna be Shocktober for Rocky Mountain Pro. I'm gonna be doing that show. October 16th, I'm going to be wrestling for Lucha Libre and Laughs at the Oriental up here in Denver. Uh, October 17th, I'm going to be Slam doing October. Uh, I'm going to be up there wrestling my boy Roland Steele up there, kicking kicking some ass up in the springs, making my return, doing my thing up there. Last time I was up there, I beat – who did I beat? Do you remember? Who did I beat last time I was up in CSW? Does it ring off the fucking bell? I beat Captain Stevens. I beat the motherfucking champ. Ooh. That's who I beat the last time I was there. Oh, it don't ring a bell no more? I beat the fucking <laughs> champ the last time I was there. So, I come in and I wrestle Roland Steel, huh? I wrestle Roland Steel. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? Or should I have a fucking title match? Should I be wrestling the champ? Listen, I'm just... I'm just happy on, we're on bro. Skype right now. I'm just happy we're on Skype right now because I don't want to get choked out accidentally while you fucking That's lose your guy. Saying, bro. Like, all right, I was cool. I was cool until you guys get me worked up about this shit. It's like, all right, you beat the champ. We understand you beat the shit out of the champ. You beat the snot out of him. But now you're coming back and you're wrestling Roland Steel. Hey, I've seen Roland Steel. I've seen him in action. The dude's a monster. He's got he's he's got the muscles. He's from the military. He's got the training. He's about it. I ain't no disrespect to Roland Steel. All I'm saying. Is that when you beat the champ, you deserve a title match? Am I right? I agree. I that's agree. the way that this shit works. That's the way that it's worked since the beginning of wrestling, and that's the way that it works now. I don't understand why I get fucked and I don't get my title match. Take it up with Randy, that ugly ass world order. Shit, shit. I'm, I'm cool with Randy Jacone, but that fucking piece of shit, Randy Rude. I, I don't, I don't like being in the same room with him. Shit, man. The whole Ugly World Order is finna get this work. I'll tell you that much. I ain't, but I don't plan. I'm about it. Well, Mr. Filter, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. This is my fields. We gotta fucking do this again. Like, I ain't even playing, man. Like, we barely scratched the surface, bro, with, like, we barely even scratched the surface, man. We could, like, I could have I, I done do this, this for, like, two night, more man. hours. I could do this all night, man. But, man, so it is... We got this is uh, Indie Wrestling Report number forty one. I've had some of the best people in the world that are wrestlers that are about to kick some ass. Mr. Filter, this transmission hey, is over. Dude. I will I will be I will be a fucking big name someday. You will someday soon. I'm not joking, bro. I will be a big name in pro wrestling. This fucking podcast will get thousands, if not millions, of views within the next few years. I'm not even like look at my face. We're on Skype, they can't see it. I'm not joking, bro. This shit's gonna happen. I believe you, and I believe in the people I interview. But I gotta tell you, man, in a couple couple of months, maybe a year, people are gonna know that when Minefields rings you up, you're gonna make it. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 
It's gonna it's gonna be a trend. Watch. It's gonna be a trend, bro. Man, I, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it's been to have you on the show. Minefields, this is dangerous. This transmission is over.